Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex Beatsman, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Wednesday, November 30th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith shaking the cobwebs out of our heads from last <laughs> night's uh, crazy uh, live betcast. Uh, always fun being involved with those, and last night uh, was no exception. In fact, I think it was one of the better uh, betcasts we have had in the history uh, of this show. Just in terms of the turnout, hey, I threw down the gauntlet. To everybody yesterday when we talked about the BetCast and that yep. we see 60, 70, uh, upwards of 100 sometimes live viewers, and yet sometimes we only get two or three people joining us on the stream. You all answered the call uh, <laughs> last night. It was a slammed, it was a jammed uh, BetCast uh, room, if you will, uh, last night uh, on the uh, stream, and it was absolutely terrific to uh, witness and be a part of. Lots of fun uh, just shooting the shit, watching the games uh, take place. Uh, getting involved in live betting. I wish the live betting component of it could have gone a little better for me. Yeah. Uh, early on, it was a struggle. We Montreal really let me down. Thanks for nothing, you stupid fucks, getting <laughs> shut out by San Jose at home. I mean, my goodness, that's frustrating about Montreal. I mean, yeah. they go on the road. They beat, they're beat. they beating the Pittsburghs of the world. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs on opening night. Uh, they have the St. Louis. I still remember the St. Louis game. They went to the uh, St. Louis and just beat the hell out of the Blues uh, earlier this season. But can't score a damn goal at home against the San Jose Sharks who've been hemorrhaging goals in bunches all season long. That's the way it goes uh, yep. sometimes. But, uh, yeah, that one set us back a little bit. Pittsburgh, you know, couldn't hold a lead. They lose to uh, Carolina uh, last night. Uh, it was, uh, you know, a wild night of hockey uh, altogether. 3-1 Philadelphia with the massive upset over the New York Islanders. That was definitely uh, a good result for probably books, and I'm sure a lot of people lost on that. Not a lot of people supporting the struggling Flyers these days, but look, Philadelphia capitalized on some chances, and you got good Carter Hart, and you really got a Philadelphia team that we were watching that game on the BetCast. They were just really, really playing that game defensively, like, hey, if we lose this game, our season is over, like a playoff mentality, trying to protect that lead, going all out, blocking shots, you know, you know, just going that extra mile to win those puck battles to get the puck out of the defensive zone. And they snapped their losing streak, which had reached 10 games, uh, beating the New York Islanders uh, 3-1. Uh, the uh, Boston Bruins can do no wrong on home ice. Uh, they go to 13-0 at home, a nice 3-1 victory. I would have liked more goals, but 3-1 for uh, Boston in that game uh, over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Really good exhibition in net from both goalies. It was a good performance from Vasilevsky, even in defeat. And Jeremy Swayman, you know, who has been injured a lot or the last few weeks and hasn't uh, gotten many starts. It's been Linus Allmark, and probably a lot of that, too, is because Allmark's been so good. But Swayman got an opportunity, and he was terrific. It was probably one of the better games he's had in net in a while. Of course, the big storyline coming out of that game is, believe it or not, overshadowed. We'd think the storyline, hey, Boston 13 in a row at home. No, it's Jack Edwards being Jack Edwards again. Last night, apparently, and I didn't hear this because the sound wasn't up on my streams enough to hear it. Plus, I'm focusing on talking to people during the betcast. But apparently, he had some interesting comments about Pat Maroon uh, during the game last night, uh, talking about uh, his, you know, his weight and that he eats lots of pizza and that, uh, you know, he put, <laughs> putting on the pounds and uh, not really looking after himself physically. 
uh, last night, and a lot of people were uh, very uh, annoyed, angered uh, by that. It was probably not the greatest of taste for Jack to do, but it's Jack Edwards being fucking Jack Edwards. How many times right. have I said that? He's a loony <laughs> bin type of guy. You know, uh, he's going to say odd, you know, baffling shit half the time. You just got to roll with it at this point. Like if you're getting uh, offended by Jack Edwards saying something now, you probably haven't listened to the guy enough. Like he's going to yeah. say outlandish, crazy shit. He, he let it roll off the back, essentially. Like a, I, I've heard a lot worse. He did say at the end that, you know, hey, he's won three Stanley Cups, this guy. I guess that weight formula is working for him or whatever the case may be. He did say something nice at the end of it, so uh, we'll give him that. But I guarantee you, if you're worried about how Pat Maroon is going to feel listening, I guarantee you it's not going to bother that guy one fucking bit. All right? he is. Uh, it's not going to bother him in the least. In fact, if you listen to Ray Bryce, our good friend of the show, who's been on multiple times, he's called him Fat Pat multiple times, <laughs> Pat Maroon. And many people have called him that. Apparently that fat Pat moniker that goes around with Pat Maroon has been with him since he was seven years old. People have been playing hockey with Pat Maroon since he was a kid and they've been calling him fat Pat. So, you know, it's probably not that big of a deal to Pat. I don't think Pat Maroon is shedding any tears today that, Oh, he hurt my feelings. Jack Edwards. No, uh, I don't think that's uh, happening uh, in the uh, least, but uh, it certainly got people a little, another reason for people to be upset and bash Jack Edwards and his, uh, 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 and his uh, craziness and his zany uh, mentality uh, at times, which was on display once again last night. But uh, uh, so that was uh, something I wanted to mention. Alex, we'll get to you in just a sec. I'm going to uh, quickly go through. Nashville, Anaheim was a snore fest. We talked about that on the BetCast. Nothing going on. Uh, 2-1 in overtime for Anaheim. Uh, Winnipeg, one of the impressive performances of the night, shutting out Colorado, 5 nothing. Hat-trick for Blake Wheeler. Absolutely outstanding performance from the Jets. Uh, dominance really um, start to finish. And they're, they're basically, that was a little bit of a validation uh, of the start they've had. This is a team that's playing some legit hockey. Can it sustain itself for 82 games? We'll see. But right now, Winnipeg's got it going. Calgary had it going last night, 6-2 against Florida. Bobrovsky pathetic in the game in a couple of these goals. Bad rebound control. He just kicked out and spit out the rebound in the first period, right back onto the stick of the Calgary player and in the net. And then, of course, I don't know what he was doing, rumbling, bumbling, and stumbling Chris Berman style on that fourth <laughs> Calgary goal. Looks like he was uh, slipping and sliding and, uh, like I said, drunk on skates, drunk on his goalie skates. Uh, and he gives up a bad goal in the uh, uh, or later on in that game, and it was just not pretty from him. But give Calgary credit. The offense came to life, and Florida's having more defensive issues. Yep. Goalie Bob sucked, but their defense wasn't much better, and it's been a continuous problem. For the Panthers in recent games, they lose 6-2 to Calgary as Matthew Kachuk's return to Calgary does not go well from him. for him. He didn't really stand out much. Vancouver, flat spot, hit a wall after the perfect road trip. They come back home. They lay an egg against Washington 5-1, uh, you know, the type of things we've seen before. And, of course, we're doing the save the best for last on the Tuesday night slate, Vanessa Williams style. Seattle and L.A., man alive, and what a night to be doing a live betcast with that Batshit crazy of a hockey game taking place. And I mean batshit crazy. It was absolutely epic what we were seeing in the late night hours with the Kraken and the Kings last night. It's one thing for the game to start off 3-3 after the first period, six goals. But I've seen that movie before. And a lot of times, and I said this on the BetCast, and we were talking just before the show, Alex, about it. A lot of times you get a 3-2, 3-3 first period. It's going to settle right down after. Teams are going to say, oh, it's enough. Let's tighten up. Let's be better defensively. Let's make smart plays. Let's manage the puck better. 
than we did in the first period, and we're going to change that. And it didn't happen. We were waiting for the defensive play to start to take over, and it never, ever happened. It was another just onslaught of goals in the second period, and it ended up going back and forth, back and forth. It was 8-6 to six for Seattle uh, after the second period. So think about that. It was 3-3. Three, three. There were six goals in the first period. Uh, there ended up being eight goals in the second period, and there were 14 total after the first two periods, eight to six Seattle. It finally slowed down a bit in the third as the only two goals were scored by LA uh, to tie the game at eight. And then the Seattle Kraken ended up getting the overtime winner on the power play, nine, eight overtime win. And the most hilarious thing about that game, exciting as hell, just batting wild back and forth, tons of goals, no defense, no goaltending is the fact that right before the game, we all saw it. We all saw our betting odd screens light up. Yep. Seattle and LA, the total was six the entire day and all a little shaded to the under, but it was six actually was shaded to the over a little bit minus 115. And then about like 20 minutes before puck drop was just after 10 PM Eastern. We all of a sudden see this. A lot of the sixes are gone. Whoa, whoa. It's down to five and a half. This total. Whoa. And not just five and a half, not just six from five and a half. This was not a move that was just six shaded to the over down to five and a half shaded to the over. I saw even money on five and a half. With yeah. the total when it just before puck drop. And sure enough, if you were part of that group of people, whoever it was, one person with just a huge bet, like this is hockey. This is not NFL football. You know, <laughs> NFL football, you know, lines move like crazy much more readily than they do in the NHL. This is hockey. You don't see this kind of thing in hockey in the NHL very often with that kind of line move from six to five and a half. I would love to be in the room of the syndicate or the person or whoever that was putting this little move, money move, line move together and saying, you know what? We found one of the steam moves of the year right here. Seattle and L.A. under the total of six. This total is just way too high. It's going to be a defensive battle. We're going to hammer the shit out of this thing. It's a bad number. We're going to bet it all the way down to five and a half. And then when it gets to five and a half, we're going to bet even some more under five and a half here in this Seattle-L.A. game. And if you were part of it, I'd love to be in the room, a fly on the, the wall, uh, listening to that conversation go. Whoever the fuck was betting that under the way yeah. they were. Uh, and sure enough, you have to rip up your goddamn ticket after the first period. 3-3. Three, three, uh, no chance at, at that point to cash an under. Absolutely hysterical. I mean, you're, it's, not just one, it's not just a bad bet and a horrible bet if you took the under in that game. It had no shot. It was dead after the first period. It's not only a bad bet of the night or the week, or the month. It's one of the bad bets of all time, seriously, yeah. in sports betting. It, you can't be more dead fucking wrong with a single wager than that. You bet the thing from under six down to under five and a half, and here it is. It's 9-8, 17 goals. Uh, the game ends. Absolutely fucking hysterical stuff. I mean, it, that's about the bad bet of my lifetime, and thankfully I didn't have any part of it. For whoever did, you're not going to make a worse bet than that. Or very... Yeah. Find me a worse bet that you can possibly make than that. You know, under six down to under five and a half, and the game has 17 goals in it, and it's basically done after the first period. <laughs> That's yeah. about as bad uh, as it can get. Uh, one of the worst uh, bets you'll ever see, and we were just laughing our asses off during during the – and could you imagine the people that lost in the under? The, the Probably the people that bet the hell out of the – bet the absolute shit, the, the ever-living fuck, as I said on Twitter, out of that yeah. under. 
are yeah. probably the same people that maybe were loading up on more under after three, three, ah, oh, it's got to slow down. It's got to really slow down. And we're taking under, you know, nine and a half, 10 and a half. And sure enough, there were times in that game where the, the live total was as high as 15 and a half yeah. uh, in that uh, Kings and Kraken game last night. So unbelievable stuff. And like I said, if you had the under, that, uh, that's not just a bad bet. That's one of the worst bets you will ever make in your sports betting lifetime. Uh, Alex, uh, thoughts from uh, a crazy Tuesday night. Yeah, well, I, I I was on the right side. I had over six laying a dollar twenty, and I thought, well, this is a pretty good price. Jonathan Quick hasn't been playing that well. Martin Jones, for the great numbers he's had, he's due to lay an egg at some point. And boy, did he ever lay an egg in this one? Uh, you know, we were all stunned, like you said, on the backcast, seeing this drop to five and a half. This is a, a great lesson for those of you if you're just watching this, you know, recently over the last year or so, just betting hockey. Uh, don't chase steam in this sport. This is not the NFL. This is not the NBA. This is not college football, where sometimes you can you know find yourself some some value in a win. Uh, looking at a number, you have to do your own handicapping and research because a money move here often. I mean, it, it, you just can't read and, and re- rely on it at all. And like I said, we were all stunned at this. We thought six was a, a great number anyway. Like I said six and a half is what I would have lined it as if I was a, a bookmaker. I would have would have dare hung a five and a half. Uh, seeing how these offenses were playing. But like I said, to, I mean, if you have an under ticket on that, you know, like I said, you just have to just kind of forget about it at the end of 20 minutes. You've lost, move on, don't even worry about it. I mean, like I said, it, it's an all-time bad bet. We always talk about bad beats. That's just a bad wager. Uh, so like I said, we're not going to see things like that happen often. I'm glad that it, it happened. We had a, a bet cast to, you know, some video proof of, of that night. That's something that uh, definitely we'll remember for quite a while, but like I said, just a lot of great games and, and just a lot of great interaction too, with the bet cast last night. I think everybody that came on and uh, you know, we had some, some really kind words. Uh, I'll mention his Twitter handle FDY091 uh, gel came on just to just, you know, pop in for a couple of minutes and say hello and say that he enjoyed the show, watches us uh, from work every day. I thought that was just really nice. You know, he, he just wanted to chime in and, and, and show his appreciation and, and all you guys for, you know, uh, you know, supporting the podcast. We really do appreciate that. And, and being part of the BetCast, that was a lot of fun. Uh, to be a part of. And of course, we've got more coming up next month and then in the months ahead. Of course, as football winds down, we will be doing that weekly. So uh, looking forward to that. And uh, like I said, wasn't the best result as far as batting wise last night. Definitely would have liked a, a better result. But but uh, did get a winner there with that LA Seattle. It's probably the easiest overall cash all season long. In terms of the full game bets, like the pregame bets, it was okay. It was, I just wanted the live bets to go a little bit better than they did. Right. But the, you know, the pregame bets, I had the, I had the San Jose-Montreal over, uh, that loss. Tampa Bay-Boston over, that loss. Winnipeg uh, took a small shot with them. I had the over, though, in that game, five and a half. And who would have thought Winnipeg scores five goals? That game stays under the total. Right. That's exactly what happened there, five nothing. We had, the Flames game was good to me. You know, we had a couple goal score props. We had Calgary team total over and Florida-Calgary over six and a half, both cashing. Uh, Vancouver was probably a bet I didn't need to make, but I did. Uh, even though it was a worrisome spot for them. I just didn't trust Washington, but Washington did play well. And then, of course, Seattle in the over in the late game. So that ended up going well. The pregame bets was like 500 for me, like near break even. It was the live bets I was hoping would go a little bit better than they did. But we're going to have another chance at it. Tuesday, December 13th is going to be our next BetCast. Our last BetCast of 2022 will be Tuesday, uh, December 13th, two weeks away. On set at 7 p.m. Eastern time, so uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Melissa, you'll be able to make the next one if you're if you're around. So yeah, 
Uh, that's the great thing. The BetCast has become so much fun that people are pissed now when they miss miss it. <laughs> and by the way, shout out to what was his name? Jell. Jell. Yep. His name in the much- chat. Someone yep. literally came onto the BetCast just for a couple minutes to say how much they love the show and appreciate yep. the work we're doing. That meant a lot. Like I was getting a little choked up there. Like really, you know, just like wow. That's uh, we appreciate that so much. Uh, it really moved both of us, uh, honestly, yeah. because I'll tell you what, we work our fucking behinds off to do this show every single day. Nobody else does a hockey betting show seven days a week. I say this yeah. time and time and time again. So when you hear the comments that it's appreciated and people love what you do, man, it means the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was that was real uh, class act, classy gesture to do that. So, Jell, shout out to you for uh, coming on the uh, show. Just to say that, that you love the Ice yeah. Guys show. Uh, it means uh, quite a bit. Um, so that was a crazy night. Oh, one last thing I wanted to mention too about the Seattle LA situation. Obviously, I we mentioned bad bet because of the result. Like people betting the under, it couldn't have been any further from away from going under the total. Sure. But then there's always, you know, a few people that disagree with what we categorize as a bad bet. There are people that are out there that are saying, well, actually, the way I see things, I made a good bet in this game with the under. And their reasoning and their you know, their, their logic behind it is I bet under, you know, six at uh, minus one Oh five. It was the line moved down. It ended up going down to five and a half and you know, it closed. I got good. I got a good number. I got a good price and I made a good bet. There are people that are, that will be hell bent and telling you that even though that under was dead fucking wrong from the beginning, that they made a good bet on that Seattle LA under last night because they locked it in at six. It moved down to five and a half. It was a good bet. And you make those kind of bets long term, you're going to end up winning at sports betting and being profitable. And that closing line value, CLV, uh, as it's often called, means a, a lot. I will say this about it. I will say this about it. I agree with that to a point. CLV is important. Long-term, if you bet good numbers, you get the best of the number, you get the best line, the best price. Long-term, that should result in good things and profits for you. I agree with that. I agree with that element of it. But at the same time, let's say that I place 30 bets. doesn't matter the sport, 30 bets in a row. And all 30 bets, I get closing line value. I bet an under six and a half, it closes six, closing line value. I bet over five and a half in a game, it closes six, closing line value. And I'm happy with that. I'm making good bets in terms of the closing line value, getting the best of the number, getting the best of the price. But my argument is, if I do that 30 times in a row, getting closing line value, and the bets go oh and fucking 30, what the fuck good is it? Yep. You know, like what the hell? I mean, at the point that I still want to win, you know, yep. I want to win the bet. I want money in my pocket from the wager that I make. And so I get the theory of, you know, it's a good bet because you got a good number. But my thinking is, what the fuck does that do for me if the bet loses? And if more of these bets that I'm getting so-called CLV on are losing? You know, it's not going to put money in my pocket. You know, could you imagine that? 30 bets in a row, I get closing line value, I get the best of the number, but I don't win a one of them. I'm not happy. I don't care what you say. 
I'm not happy that I got closing line value. I didn't win any of those bets. I want winners. I want money. I want profit. That's what I want from this. I don't give two shits about CLV if it's not going to result in winning bets. Right. I mean, you got to be shitting me. I mean, oh, I could go 30 straight bets I could have placed with closing line value, getting the best of the number, but I don't win a damn one of them. That means I'm not going to be able to pay my bills, pay my rent, you know, foreclose on me or some shit, you know, out on the street or something. You know, that. oh, but you know what? I've lost 30 bets in a row, can't pay my bills, can't put food on the table, but oh my gosh, closing line value. Oh, it's my savior. I got the best of the number, even though I'm losing my ass. That makes things all so much better, right? No, yeah. get out of here with that. Yeah. I mean, I understand the closing line value and the getting the best of the number argument. But if I'm not going to win the bet, if it's not going to put money in my pocket, what the fuck good is it? At that, That's the point where, you know, I, I've got to draw the line. You know, at some point, it's nice to get the best of the number. It is important long term. But at the end of the day, winning is more important. The yeah. bottom line is more important. Profit versus loss. That is more important at the end of the day. So there's my little diatribe on that. <laughs> Yeah, no, very well said. And like I said, it, and, and you know, it, it, we see it more prevalent in basketball and football. You have betters who just they just hunt, number hunt. They don't cap. They don't know. They even know that they can tell you five guys on a lineup. But because they see these numbers and, and they understand how the numbers move. And that is a useful tactic. But it is part of the arsenal. It is not the whole collective. And I think you, you nailed it right on the head. It's something you, you want to have the ability to get the best of the number. But it is not the end all be all. And that is the biggest shining proof in any sport in the last probably, like I said, 10 to 15 years last night uh, of where that doesn't mean anything. You have to cash the ticket. I mean, I got people saying I feel I'm feeling fine. I made one of the worst bets ever because the under had no shot, but I feel good. I said it was a good bet, got the best of the number. What can you do? Mm-hmm. Well, what can you do is you can win instead of lose that bet. That's what you can do. And that wouldn't sit well with me. You think mm-hmm. I'm you think I'm sitting there saying I got two points, the best of the number, but I lose that bet by 25 points. You think I'm happy? Doesn't matter. Yeah. No. You think I'm ha- oh, but I got closing line value. Oh, that's gonna make me feel better. Closing line value is not gonna put money on the table for me. Money in my bank account, money in my betting accounts, money allow me to pay rent, pay food for food on the table, pay for trips, pay for vacations, all this shit. It's not going to do that, you know. So at the end of the day, I get it. It's you still want to bet good numbers, bet good lines. I agree with that argument 100 percent. But we can't sit there and say. We, we we bet that under in the Kraken Kings game last night. We can't sit there and, you know, bury our head in the sand and say, you know what? We couldn't have made a worse bet. It was dead fucking wrong. But, hey, I'm feeling good today. Closing line value. Hallelujah. No, can't do that. Yeah. Can't do that, in my opinion. There you go. So, uh, felt good getting that off. That's been right. something that I've been – it's been uh, in the back of my mind irking me about the sports betting world and especially the gambling Twitter world as well uh, for the last uh, several months uh, and several years. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely uh, people have diverging opinions on that. There is no question uh, about that. Uh, All right, let's turn our attention now to this Wednesday night slate, four games on tap, and we will begin uh, with the New York Rangers taking on the Ottawa Senators, uh, the New York Rangers, uh, minus 120 uh, road favorites here, uh, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Obviously, there's some serious soul searching that has to go on with the New York Rangers. Uh, it's been a tough stretch for them. 
they have the uh, blown third period lead against Edmonton uh, over the weekend. They lose to the hottest team in the NHL right now, the New Jersey Devils, which is really no shame in that. But no, there's no doubt that this team is not playing good hockey right now. Can they rectify things here uh, against the uh, Ottawa Senators? Maybe getting on the road again will help them. But this has been a very, very strange schedule as well for the uh, New York Rangers. You actually look at what they've gone through, uh, Alex. They were at home to the Islanders November the 8th. Then they went to Detroit. Then they went to Nashville. Then they came back home for one game, one game against Arizona. And then they go on the road through Seattle, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim, uh, play that uh, four-game road trip, come back home for just two games and back on the road again. So this has been a very uh, treacherous schedule a lot of games a lot of travel i'm not trying to make excuses for them but is that playing a role and why uh they end up looking you know awful here in some of these recent games i mean they've lost three in a row uh here entering this one to anaheim edmonton and new jersey like i said they've been doing a lot of travel uh we'll see if they can uh, rectify things here i know igor shesterkin is really took a responsibility for the new jersey loss and you're right he, and i've said this before he has not played uh, his best hockey compared to last year, not close, but there's definitely more than just him that's the problem. You know, you've seen their best players, their top players, I find they're looking for their cookies, they're looking for their offense, and they're not exactly playing well at the other end of the ice, responsible away from the puck. Uh, they're not getting any sort of depth contributions uh, from the third or the fourth line forwards right now. I said about Philip Hedel on the BetCast last night. His He was a playoff dynamo for the rangers he hasn't even been getting it going we need lafreniere and kako to get going as well these are first round draft pick talents that have not gotten the job done consistently yet for this rangers franchise so that all that has to get better uh, as well uh the team is a problem the whole group uh, of us coaches the whole group we've got to turn it around says gerard gallant uh he's right about that will the turnaround begin tonight that is the question you have to ask yourself here. And will it begin with Yarrow Halak in net for the uh, New York Rangers? I'm a little s a suspect, uh, in my opinion, uh, about why they went this route in terms of Yarrow Halak tonight uh, in net for the uh, New York Rangers, especially when you look at it. They're one of the few teams that doesn't play tomorrow night. It's not a back-to-back. Shesterkin is taking responsibility for the way he's played, in his opinion, although, again, I don't think it's all his fault. Obviously, it's not all his fault. But he's taken the responsibility. If I'm a coach, I I love hearing that from my goalie, whether he's right or wrong, to criticize himself. I like that he's taken responsibility. I throw him right back in there tonight uh, against Ottawa, but not uh, the case here uh, with uh, Gallant here, going with Yarrow Halak to, uh, instead, who we know uh, is not giving them adequate backup goaltending most nights. He hasn't won a start this year. Uh, 0-5, 3.2 goals against average, 881 save percentage uh, for him. And you know what's amazing is he's got career-worst numbers in the goals against and save percentage categories uh, at, uh, for Halak. He's never had numbers that poor in terms of his goals against and his save percentage. So will he be able to finally uh, right the ship here and bounce back and play better tonight against Ottawa? And the biggest debate I had, coming into this game from the Ottawa side is coming home off the road trip. We know that's always a tricky spot. Just ask Vancouver, especially a road trip where you ended it well, and Ottawa did. 
you know, it didn't start well. They lost to San Jose. They lost to Vegas, but they won the last two games of it against Anaheim and then an overtime win against L.A. It's not like it's the best spot imaginable for the Senators here. But at the end of the day, I, I twisted my arm enough to take Ottawa here at this price, plus 100. I am going to make that official. I said last night it would be Ottawa or pass, but I'm going to go ahead with Ottawa here. They are back home where, you know, early in the season, they were playing excellent hockey here on home ice. Their home records kind of cooled off. Since then, they're now down to just five and six at home. But boy, I, I still think at this point in time, I trust this Ottawa team a little bit more than what I'm seeing out of the Rangers and a goalie in Yarrow Halak that does, hasn't won a start yet uh, this year for the uh, New York Rangers. I do think there's an element to this game where with even with Halak and net, you're going to see the Rangers try to tighten it up. I think they have to. I think they know they have to after giving up five to Jersey and, and giving up the lead to Edmonton, losing that game 4-3. Uh, they know they've got to play a little bit more responsibly in their own end. So I expect them to really want to dig in here and play a better hockey game. But I'm going to have to see it before I believe it. And I'm not ready to back a team that is uh, as a starter and that's playing this poorly and that has a starter in net that has not won a game yet this year. So uh, Ottawa plus 100 for me. I do have a lean to the team total over as well, but I think I'm going to just stick to the money line here with Ottawa plus 100. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Rangers, Senators. Yeah, I'm going to be looking for a live over first period and full game in this spot with uh, Halak starting. Like I said, this is a Rangers team that just hasn't been able to get things rolling defensively. It's not all Shesterkin's fault, but uh, you know this is a team that hasn't shown up for, like I said, either goaltender right now, but certainly has not given, given uh, enough support for Halak right now. Uh, a guy who just seems to be a bit past his prime. And like I said, Ottawa, you know, haven't fared that well at home as of late, but they have played uh, the Rangers tough at home, 9-3 and three the last 12 meetings in Ottawa. So uh, totally makes sense to look with the, with Ottawa at even money. I'd like to get a, a better price with Ottawa just because they have had their struggles as well. So I'm staying away from the side, just going all total. Going to go with that uh, live first period and live full game. So we're looking for the Ranger 5.5 or 6 at a decent price. And for that first period, we're just trying to get somewhere within a plus money range. Yeah, you know what's funny about Ottawa is suddenly they've been uh, the under kings lately, eight straight. Uh, Ottawa Senators games have gone uh, under the total here uh, as of late. So they actually have played a little bit better in their own end. And, you know, the offense has actually been a little bit more uh, come and go uh, for the Ottawa Senators uh, lately. It'll be a Cam Talbot uh, in net for Ottawa, which you would expect. So uh, interesting game. Very, very, <laughs> very fascinating game, to say the least. You've got Ottawa trying to get on a little bit of a roll after a bad stretch of hockey. And the Rangers currently in one looking to get out of it. Uh, here tonight against the uh, Ottawa Senators. All right, San Jose Sharks, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, and by the way, John Massey, who was on our BetCast, he's always uh, a, a great, great uh, contributor to the BetCasts. Uh, that dry wit of his is uh, top-notch. Uh, he likes Mika Zibanejad to score two-plus goals tonight for the uh, New York Rangers. I oh, remember, yeah, I remember him mentioning him that, that uh, last night. So, you know, this is what game where, look, if you're going to have be led out of the abyss, out of the darkness and into the light, so to speak. Uh, Mika Zibanejad's got to be one of the guys that stirs the drink for the Rangers in order to get that done. Him and Kreider, those are the guys you got to lean on here tonight yeah. for sure uh, if you're the New York Rangers to get out of this uh, little funk that you're in. All right, Sharks, Leafs, we've got Toronto minus 310, home favorites, six and a half the total in this one. I mean, when you look at the spot here for Toronto, it's a, it feels like a spot where Toronto trips up. They lose to the weaker teams. They fall asleep. But I don't know if they will tonight because they had that loss in San Jose 
uh, earlier this year. Um, and they are playing well. Like, this is not the time to rag on the Leafs right now. They're playing some really good team hockey right now. Both ends of the ice, they've could, their team defensive game without three starting defensemen that are really important for them uh, in terms of uh, Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, and Jake Muzzin. You know, it really has been impressive to see the way they've played without those guys. Four straight wins, doing it with solid defensive play, holding Detroit to two, Pittsburgh to one. The mighty New Jersey Devils, let's not forget, that was the team. Toronto, that is, that snapped New Jersey's win streak. And that's the only game New Jersey's lost, you know, during this incredible stretch of play for them. So it's time to give the Leafs their due. It still doesn't mean I have any interest laying minus 310, though, with the Leafs, obviously, uh, in this spot, especially because these are the spots sometimes they, you know, fall asleep in. You know, where you look at, you know, San Jose's and your Arizona's and teams like that have gotten the best of the Leafs this year. But they already lost to San Jose once earlier this year in the Shark Tank. You know, they're not going to want to drop another one to them. And then when you look at the uh, situation in net where they're welcoming back Ilya Samsonov tonight, who's going to get the start, you say he looks good in practice, he's ready to go, he looks fine. And he was playing pretty well for the Leafs before he got injured. And they'd want to kind of give Matt Murray a little rest. They don't want to wear him out, you know, coming off the uh, injury, the groin injury that he had. So it's a good time to put Samsonov in there. He's got a 6-2 and two record this year, 2.23 goals against average, 921 save percent. Good numbers for Amelia Samsonov for sure. So, you know, you got to trust him to be in there and uh, probably have a solid effort for the Elise, especially with the team playing good structured defense right now they are hard to believe but they are without three key defensemen and it's because your Rasmus Sandins and your Timothy Liljegrens and Giordano and Hall all of these guys have stepped up they really have they've gotten more responsibility bigger minutes uh, on that blue line and they are making the most of it and they're saying we're ready for this we're ready to pick up the slack with no Riley and no Brody in particular and they have done that so Give them credit uh, and give Keith credit because I'm sure he's told them we got to really come together as a collective. Forwards got to help out the shorthanded blue line with the back checking, which has been terrific. I mean, Marner and Nylander and Matthews and all the big players are back checking. They're coming back in support and they're helping the blue liners. And that's made all the difference in the world. San Jose on a back to back. They shut out Montreal 4 0 last night. So this is a little tricky spot for them. Toronto does have a rest advantage, even though they're coming off a four game road trip. So it's basically a, not the greatest of spots for Toronto, but you could argue it's not a great spot. San Jose flying west to east, playing in Montreal last night, and now second night of back to backs tonight. And then you throw onto the mix that we got our old friend, Farmer in the Dell, uh, Aaron Dell, uh, confirmed in net here for the uh, San Jose Sharks tonight, which, look, we were ex going to expect it. Uh, at some point, because James Reimer's on IR, you can't throw Kockinen in there every night, even though he finally played well uh, last night. It's Aaron Dell time, up from the AHL with Reimer dealing with that lower body injury. Dell, first start of the season, and look at these phenomenal numbers. I, yeah, of course, I'm being facetious in the AHL. 3.22 goals against average, 904 uh, save percent. That's not good. That's AHL numbers uh, for Aaron Dell uh, here in this game tonight. So, and look, I think for the Leafs, the loss to San Jose, you know, Dell was in net. Uh, this, this this should be a spot you do get the job done. I would probably prefer, and certainly now since I've seen Dell confirmed, more toward a team total on the Leafs. You know, that does appeal to me a little bit here in this game uh, against San Jose. Uh, keep in mind, they did score goals against San Jose in the meeting out in the tank, but uh, they couldn't keep the uh, puck out of the net. The team total for Toronto, three and a half. 
uh, minus 145 to the over. Got to lay a little juice, but it's probably worth a look. The Toronto team total here over three and a half in this game. It's probably the closest I am to uh, making a wager uh, on this game. And probably look at some props. Mitch Marner is going for a team record, by the way, tonight. He will try to match the Leafs record of 18 straight games with a point. So he's going for an 18-game point streak tonight, which would match a team record. So, you know, Mitch Marner, if you want to go over one and a half points, get a better bang for your buck. He's been marvelous lately. There's no denying that. He's on an incredible run right now uh, for the Leafs during this stretch. Uh, you could definitely look uh, in that direction uh, because you would expect he's going to be chomping at the bit. And you know San Jose defensively. Are you buying a San Jose defensive turnaround based on last night? I'm not. This is still a team that you know, has struggled defensively all year, and now you got Dell in net tonight. So this could be a night where Toronto gets some cookies here offensively. You know, going, going, back, back to Cali. Cali is still worth a look, I think, at, on that second line. Uh, he scored a goal against uh, Minnesota, had a point. He's actually had a three-game point streak uh, for the Leafs. So Yarn Croak has stepped up uh, on that uh, second line for uh, Toronto as well. Uh, definitely consider him from a prop standpoint. So a couple props as well that piqued my interest with the Leafs tonight. So at the end of the day, you know, it's funny. I think if you're betting money line, you take a shot with San Jose or pass. But I I don't think Toronto is going to overlook them this time and around, especially with their newfound focus on team defense and the nice little groove they're in. Uh, and at the same time, I can't trust Aaron Dell to shut the door. So I'm going to end up gravitating more toward Toronto Maple Leafs team total over three and a half here. Alex, what do you think? San Jose, Toronto. I mean, we talked about it last night. We were anticipating Aaron Dell and, I uh, got the trash can lit on Twitter right now. He's, he's going to be in net, and we're going first period over. Uh, definitely want to grab that minus 140. I'm seeing that bet online. I grabbed that earlier today, uh, and it's still hanging around there. If you see anything higher than 150, I would suggest playing this live. Also, would probably take a shot looking in-game uh, for a better price with the live over as well. Look at San Jose. I mean, their offense wasn't really rocking and rolling last night. They got four goals, but they were 0-5 on the power play. They looked sloppy at times. That was just more of a really bad Habs effort than it was a great Sharks win last night. And uh, I thought because of that, I, I was actually kind of, you know, wondering, and I saw early this morning a tweet where they're saying, you know, Cockenham could have possibly played tonight because he had a shutout, didn't really, you know, uh, extend himself too much, didn't have to do a lot of work and make a, a lot of big-time saves. but. Nevertheless, they're going with Dell here. Uh, like I said, can't look at any side. I mean, I think Toronto wins this game, but not laying 310, not laying what, 170, 180 in regulation. Just strictly going to look at totals here. I think we can see goals galore. Mitch Marner, I would take a shot with him. Plus 150 to get a goal or even look at uh, that over one and a half as he's trying to, uh, like I said, get past the, the mark Daryl Sidler and Eddie Olchuk had uh, with that point streak. So that's a, a big accomplishment for him if he can get that. I think he should have plenty of chances to do that here against Darren Dell tonight. So we'll go first period over one and a half minus $1.40 and also looking for a live over of that. Yeah, definitely. And those, yeah, right. I was a uh, great job, Alex there. Yeah. I was going to mention that as well. Those are the two guys he's trying to match with the 18 game point streak. Daryl Sittler, one of the great leaf leafs of all time. And Eddie Olchek, who, you know, Eddie Olchek had an underrated career. Let me, you know, he really did. Yeah. And some of his better best years were honestly with Toronto offensively. Yeah. You know, he something about going there after he had some time with Chicago in the early to mid 80s, you know, and he got some 20 goal seasons there. But I mean, he exploded. He had a 40 goal season one year with Toronto. And unfortunately, yeah. Toronto was horse shit when he was there. It was a bad yeah. hockey team, but it wasn't his fault. He did everything he could. He was a really good player for that Leaf team. 
Yeah, that's one one of the probably worst trades in the eighties. I mean, he was just getting to his own, playing for his hometown Hawks, and then they move him. Uh, Hawks get Rick Vive in that deal. Like I said, he played well, but neither team was able to do anything despite uh, both two talented players. So. Yeah. No, he had several thirty goal seasons. Eddie O. He had the forty goal year with Toronto in the eighty seven eighty eight season. He had actually later in his career when he was with the Winnipeg Jets in the early nineties, he got to thirty two goals. You know, Eddie Olcha could put that puck in the net. He could, you know, and then in the intermission is he said many times the stories he's pounding back the diet cokes there. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yep. was, that was a vice of his uh, back in yep. the day for sure, uh, pounding back the uh, cokes for sure uh, in the uh, dressing room during the uh, intermissions. But uh, yeah, so uh, Alex liking a bunch of things there. Uh, Toronto, obviously, first period over. Toronto team total over. I like that. I think the full game over probably's got a shot to get there. I just get concerned about the way Toronto's defending right now, and Samsonov's been good, but hopefully he can still get a couple of goals out of San Jose. I probably tack on a small over six and a half bet, but I'm going to focus more on Toronto doing the brunt of the offense tonight uh, with uh, over three and a half for their uh, team total. Hopefully it's like the Calgary game last night with the last team total, I bet. Couldn't have been uh, an easier win. Uh, hopefully Toronto can uh, light up this Sharks team on a back-to-back and uh, obviously a goalie we don't have a whole bunch of faith in right now uh, in Aaron Dell. All right, next up we've got Buffalo, Detroit. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings minus 140 home favorites in this game, six and a half being the total uh, in this one. Um, Detroit, uh, not a good performance from them against Toronto, but again, running into this Leafs team that, as I just mentioned, they're playing very good team hockey right now, both ends of the ice, uh, offensively, defensively, and uh, Detroit losing 4-2 to them the other night. That snapped a four-game win streak. Still a 7-5 and uh, five, uh, record uh, at home for the Detroit Red Wings. And I think this is a game where you're going to see Detroit, real, not only because they lost to Toronto, they want to bounce back, but last time they played Buffalo, they got humiliated 8-3. to three. Uh, by the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo. Um, I, I think Detroit's going to bounce back, play hard, but I'm not going to lay a buck 40 with them. I, but I, I, it's enough to keep me off Buffalo because I think Detroit is definitely going to come back strong here with a very a good effort uh, in this game, even with Nadelkovic in net uh, for the uh, Red Wings. He's obviously had a tough season, two and three, 4.01 goals against average, uh, 880 save percentage for the uh, Red Wings in his starts. Uh, you look at what he's done. He actually came to. He actually stopped every shot he faced against Toronto Monday night because Huso got pulled in that game. It was one of the weaker performances, one of the rare bad performances lately from Huso, who was a little off his game against Toronto. But in his starts, I mean, he gave up the eight spot to Buffalo, and now he's got a chance for redemption. He was the guy in net, you know, during that eight-three loss to the uh, Buffalo Sabers. So it makes you think. Derek Lalonde is playing a hunch here. That Nadelkovich is going to step up that Nadelkovich pride is going to step to the forefront here and say, you know what, this team beat the hell out of me. Eight goals passed me uh, earlier this season. Can he do something about it? It's not like we know there's some t- there's a t- there's a good talented goalie in him. It's just been tough to find consistently here with the Detroit Red Wings. So I personally need to see it before I believe it because the numbers are rough for Nadelkovic. Uh, on the flip side for the Buffalo Sabres, no con- confirmation yet. Uh, who's going to be in net for them. We know Comrie's still on IR, so it's either going to be uh, Uko Pekalukkanen or Craig Anderson. Craig Anderson's being projected uh, as of right now, so we'll see about that. But I certainly think Detroit can score some goals. I think Buffalo can. Buffalo's been an over machine lately for the most part. Six and three to the over their last nine games. Uh, you look at, obviously, the last game they played, it was eight to three. And the over is probably what I like most here rather than 
uh, either side in this one. So for me, it'll be over six and a half with uh, Buffalo and Detroit. Probably not a bad game to look at from a prop standpoint either. Tage Thompson's been brilliant. Jack Quinn moved up to the second line last game, again, for the Buffalo Sabres, and he scored a goal and uh, in that uh, game against Tampa Bay. And in fact, he's got three goals in the last three games for Buffalo. I think he's a little undervalued in terms of the goal prop market right now. Uh, Jack Quinn for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. And if you look at uh, many sports books, you can get Jack Quinn at plus 400 in some spots to score a goal. He's got three in the last three games. Uh, J.J. Paterka, I've mentioned his name a bunch. Yes, no question about that. Always of interest in, in terms of uh, finding the back of the net. He's been quiet lately, three games without scoring, but the chances still seem to be there for him. I'm going to try Philip Ronick again for Detroit. We're not jumping off that well just yet. It finally didn't score against Toronto, uh, but in a game that should have plenty of pace, you know, a lot of, a lot of a high event game. That's the, the cool term these days when talking about a game with a lot of chances and weaker defense, high event. It should be a high event game and an opportunity for Philip Ronick here, who finally, like I said, didn't score against Toronto, but uh, he had four goals and th five goals, sorry, in four games prior to that. Still getting just a hell of a price as well with that Red Wings defenseman, Phil Ronick, to score plus 700 uh, in some spots. So definitely something to consider as well in terms of the goal prop market. Uh, when you look at the uh, Detroit Red, Adam Ernie is always someone that gives them a little depth scoring. So there's an option for you as well. Michael Rasmussen's moving up to the uh, second line center spot. Does that get his offense going a little bit? He did score against Nashville uh, in the victory, moving up the lineup. Maybe you put a couple bucks on Mike Michael Rasmussen here to score a goal as well. So it's a good prop game tonight here, Sabres and Red Wings. Alex, uh, what are you liking here, Buffalo, Detroit? Yeah, this is uh, an interesting one. And honestly, I'm taking a shot here with the draw. Uh, we've seen this cash in four of the last seven meetings, uh, getting a good price around plus 350 to plus 355. And I, I get it, you know, Nadelkovic has been a bit rough around the edges. And Sabres, I think, are, you know, still a, a team that can really get that offense rolling. We saw it, uh, of course, in that game against Tampa Bay. But they just, you know, these two teams, division rivals, uh, that kind of hang tough against one another. You know, Detroit's trying to be that emerging team to break out and, and get back into the postseason. We talked about that with Buffalo, that, you know, they have the tools and skills potentially to get to that spot as well. But the goaltending is, is a bit lacking. Ugo Pekalukunan, I think, still needs some more time and development before he can be a full-time NHLer. But uh, if it's him or Anderson, I still feel confident enough that this game will be uh, close enough of a battle to where we get some good value. So I'm going draw here with Buffalo Detroit. I was trying to get, you know, build a case for the first period over at two uh, because we've, you know, we've seen some shaky play from the Delkovic, but I, I think I'm going to stay away from that. and just going to stick with the draw. All right, there we go. Alex liking the, the draw. This one to be a uh, close competitive game, which wouldn't surprise me. Detroit is going to play a lot better tonight than they did last time they played Buffalo, obviously. And that was pretty recent. So I'd expect them to bring it here tonight. I, I'm not thrilled with their game either against Toronto. Uh, on Monday night. So I'd expect the Red Wings to have a good effort, but I'm not laying a buck 40 with them, nor Nadelkovic right now in his current form. That's the only thing that's going to keep me off Detroit. I lean that way, but going to end up uh, staying off it. All right, next up, the final game of this Wednesday night card, uh, Edmonton Oilers and Chicago Blackhawks. We've got uh, Edmonton uh, in the minus 200 uh, road favorite price range here, six and a half the total. Uh, in this one, we'll see how it uh, plays out. But uh, definitely for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, the uh, struggles for them uh, continue. 
Uh, it's just been a, a rough, rough stretch of hockey uh, for them. They have now lost seven uh, consecutive games. Carolina, St. Louis, Boston, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Montreal, Winnipeg. Now, granted, a lot of those games are good against good teams. That's the one thing. Chicago's losing to some pretty good hockey teams, but a loss is a loss regardless of who you play. They have faced, like I said, a pretty tough schedule. Carolina, St. Louis, Boston, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Montreal, Winnipeg. I mean, Montreal's probably the weakest team in that bunch that they've lost to. Uh, but it's not going to get any easier here because now you're playing an Edmonton team that might be starting to round into form a little bit. Now, has it been perfect these last two games? No, they haven't been 60-minute clean start to finish strong performances from the Oilers. Obviously, they needed a third-period comeback against the Rangers to beat them, and it looked troubling for a large part of that game against Florida. They were down in, late in the third period. They tied it, and then they won in overtime. But I thought the Florida game was misleading. It'll say, yeah, they came back to win 4-3 in overtime. They were the better team against Florida. They controlled the play. You know, they heavily outshot Florida 40-28 to in that. It was a really good performance from the Oilers. It would have been a crying shame if that game ended 3-2 Florida in regulation. They at least should have got a point out of that game and uh, they ended up getting the two points that they deserved. They deserved to win that game, and they did against Florida. But signs of life from Edmonton. But do you know what I liked about that game after that it ended, the Florida game? Connor McDavid, in his post-game interview, I just happened to see it because I left the channel on that was showing that game. He said, it was a great win. We're showing great resilience, but we can't keep doing this. We can't keep falling behind early. We can't keep you know digging ourselves an early hole. We can't keep having these bad first periods. And that resonated in my mind, as did, of course, once we were on the BetCast last night. And Chris Otto was one of the people that joined us. And shout out to him and the great work he continues to do with the charting. Um, he mentioned that Chicago is what? On a, what is it, nine in a row in the first period puck line uh, that they have failed to cover? So you factor in Chicago's been lousy early in games. Well, Edmonton has been lately. But when you got Connor McDavid after the Florida game saying, we got to fix this shit. You know, we got to start playing better early in the game. We got to be ready to go from puck drop. We can't keep having these bad first 20 minutes of the game situations like we've been having. So I, I already liked Edmonton in this game, but I'm going to do a split bet here. Edmonton first period puck line, uh, minus a half, plus 120, plus 125 in that range. And I'm going to go with Edmonton uh, in regulation as well. So we're just basically going to end up splitting up this uh, play between the first period puck line on Edmonton and also uh, regulation time, which is around minus 124 uh, at uh, Pinnacle for uh, Edmonton and regulation right now. So that's what I'm going to do here. Uh, Edmonton first period puck line, Edmonton and regulation split. Skinner is in net for the uh, Oilers here. Stuart Skinner uh, once again. And look, it, it is what it is. I mean, he's outplaying Campbell right now. Uh, even though Campbell was in net for the Rangers win, it was more of the offense bailed him out. Skinner's been good. 2.8 goals against, 9.19 save percentage. He was solid in the, in many of his recent starts. There was one game against New Jersey. He had the he gave away the puck. He wasn't maybe nearly as good. But really outside of that, he's been the better of the two net-minding options here for uh, the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Chicago, obviously, has struggled to put the puck in the net. Uh, we know that. They've dropped all the way, by the way, to 31st out of 32 teams. 2.48 goals per game. It's been ugly for Chicago trying to get any sort of offense going here uh, as of late. We'll see if they can generate something here tonight against the uh, Oilers, who, again, are looking to start faster and have a better first period than obviously they've had each of the last few games. So Edmonton first period puck line, Edmonton in regulation. Split bet for me here 
uh, in this game. Alex, what do you think here? Oilers, Blackhawks. Yeah, I definitely jumped on that uh, Edmonton first period puck line. I got plus 125 laying a half a goal earlier this morning. Uh, I think that's a, a great trend to be riding right now with the Hawks just looking dismal right now. I mean, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're tanking and, and trying to get that number one pick, and, and they just look awful doing it in all facets. But despite the offense being a little sluggish, I'm looking at the numbers. Uh, I had to roll with this first period over one and a half, laying $1.35. This series, 15-4 and four to the over in the first period uh, in the last 19 meetings. And we're talking, I mean, 2-2, two, 2-1, two, two, one, one, two, one. These have been, been some high-scoring affairs with these two teams. I don't know what really brings out of them. I and, of course, we we're talking about a, a lot of lineup changes for the Hawks over the years, but we've still seen high-scoring efforts, and I, I think Edmonton's going to be the one to lead that high-scoring effort. So I like Edmonton first-period puck line. I like the first-period over. We're hoping for uh, a 2-1 to one Edmonton lead uh, going into the locker room after the first period. All right, there we go. So Edmonton first period puck line as well for Alex and also first period over uh, in this game. It's hard to argue with that. What was the stat there again? 15 of 19? Yeah, 15 and 15 and four to the first period over last 19. Uh, there you go. That's, there's something to that. And sometimes styles make fights and styles make matchups. And when you see something like that, sometimes you just go with it because it's definitely uh, overwhelming uh, 15 and four. Uh, that these teams have gone over uh, the total head-to-head -head, uh, in the first period. So uh, Skinner and Net for Edmonton, and of course Arvid Soderblom, uh, it'll be uh, for the uh, Chicago uh, Blackhawks. And uh, it's obviously been a little bit back down to earth for him uh, here in recent games. Uh, he had the four goals allowed to Pittsburgh, the five goals allowed to St. Louis, a little bit better against Montreal, but this Edmonton team, the firepower is starting to come to life again for this team offensively. So talk about a big challenge for the young goalie here for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, Arvid Soderblom, who honestly, though, can't play much worse than what I saw to Morozik the other night uh, against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. That was a that was a disaster uh, for him and the team uh, defensively that night uh, against Winnipeg. Uh, Prop-wise in this game, I'm going to go back to the well with Dylan Holloway uh, tonight once again. You know, he got his first NHL goal. Uh, against the New York Rangers. I uh, still think there's going to be an opportunity for him to uh, add to that uh, moving forward tonight. Uh, very interesting that we've got more juggling of the lines from Jay Woodcroft here. Hyman back with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Janmark, the Nuge, and Pugliarvi on the uh, second line. Uh, and it looks like uh, Tyler Benson recalled uh, from uh, the AHL in Bakersfield and looking like he might make his uh, season debut here tonight for the Edmonton Oilers and that's sometimes a bet on situation with the goal prop market someone that's just cracking the lineup goes above and beyond the call of duty to make an impact so uh, Tyler Benson uh, it'll be interesting to see what you can find with him from a goal prop standpoint I'm seeing at Caesars plus 625 for uh, Tyler Benson so there's a little sprinkle again he's not going to be a top six featured forward it's going to be on the third line for Edmonton but Someone you'd expect, hey, if he's going to get the tap on the shoulder, be in the lineup tonight uh, against Chicago, uh, going to want to make an impact here in this game. I'd probably pump the brakes on Chicago props, but Radish is the one that would uh, appeal to me a little bit for Chicago. For a team that's just not you know, scoring goals in bunches right now, it's not like you want to be uh, peppering the board with Blackhawk player props to score, but Radish would be that one player I would consider on the uh, Chicago side right now. All right, great stuff with uh, Alex B. Smith. On this Wednesday, uh, NHL uh, 
slate, uh, four games on tap. Looking forward to them. Uh, 157 viewers today. Wow. Hit the like button. Uh, we appreciate it very much. Uh, hit the like button. Wow. Just saw that Cal Peterson placed on waivers What by the LA Kings. Wow. Is that true? Slatsy wouldn't make it up. He's uh, wow. I know him very well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the, the fallout from last night. He was pretty bad. I mean, yeah. no no goaltender was good last <laughs> right. night. Yeah, placed on waivers. There it is. Yeah. Wow. Someone that's is probably going to pick him up. I thought I would I'd be shocked if nobody does. I'd love Chicago to pick him up. Yeah, like there's still some there's still some <laughs> potential there. Now it's untapped potential because we know yeah. he's been uh, obviously uh, up and down like crazy. But his best games, he's had some stellar games. Let's not forget that, this kid in the past. And it's just trying to get that, you know, game-to-game better play out of him you know, on a more consistent basis. But yeah, there, I, I would be absolutely shocked if uh, he you know, clears waivers after 24 hours. I think someone's going to end up picking him up. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I'm shocked about that too. Also got to mention too, before we get to best bets, uh, thoughts going out to Chris Letang and his family. Just yes. really sad to hear. He suffered a, another stroke on, on Monday. And I forgot that he had a stroke back in 2014, missed two months of action. Uh, it's a guy, you know, who just signed another long-term deal. And we kind of questioned that, but we were, you know, more worried about his physiological health, uh, keeping up with that at, you know, playing 17 seasons. But uh, to be 35 years of age and now having his second stroke, that is very scary. They said it's not necessarily looking like it's going to be career threatening, but you, you have to wonder. He's got to sit down with his family and his doctors and, and kind of think about the future. So we're wishing him all the best uh, hearing that news today. Yeah, exactly. This is now a matter of not so much, you know, this is more about let's 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 make this let's put Chris Letang in the best position to have a healthy life, you know, and a long healthy life. And I know people are saying, oh, is he going to be done from hockey? That's the least of his concerns. He wants to, you know, he wants these. This is not the first stroke he's had either. And I said this on Twitter. He had a stroke back in 2014, eight years ago. And this is a guy that's even younger than me. Yeah. He's two years younger than me. He was born in 87. I was born in 85. You know, so he's, you know, 35 years old right now. That is a scary thing when we're talking about a, a, a someone at 35 years old that has suffered a stroke twice. Yeah. You know, that's no joke. That's nothing to screw around with. Right. So, you know, you've got to really be careful. And they've got to, and I'm sure the doctors and the medical team with the Penguins, they know that they're going to be very careful with how they proceed with Chris moving forward. But certainly thoughts, well wishes. Uh, go out to uh, Chris Letang. Hate to see that uh, yeah. because again, he's just still a he's just a young guy. You know, even even though I always say when you get to your mid to late thirties, you're starting to call yourself an old guy. Really, in the grand scheme of things, you could be a lot older than thirty five or, in my case, thirty seven years old. So, uh, we wish him well, and uh, hopefully, we haven't seen the last of him playing hockey. But again, yeah. they've got to be careful now, and they've got to make the best decisions for his long term health and long term well being. Uh, moving forward. So definitely we wish Chris Letang all the uh, absolute best. No question about that. Uh, yeah. John Massey, by the way, about that Seattle LA game, Martin Jones locked it down after the first eight. Yeah. That game, <laughs> uh, I will not get that game out of my head for a long period of time. Like that yeah. was just absolutely bonkers, bonkers. That nine, eight game, uh, nine, eight Seattle victory last night against the uh, LA Kings. You know that it was a, a bad, bad night defensively and for the goaltenders when the winning goaltender of record had a 771 save percentage. The winning goaltender, Martin Jones, 771 save percentage. And that was as good as it got 
as, as good as it got last night for the uh, goaltenders uh, in that game. And by the way, for the Kings, for quick, it was uh, 643 save percentage and Cal Peterson a 750 uh, save percentage. So those are some gruesome, <laughs> those are some gruesome uh, goaltender uh, save percentages last night from that Seattle uh, Los Angeles game. All right. So there we go. That's the show. A reminder uh, check out patreon.com slash ice guys, $10 a month. Uh, we've got tons of great uh, content there. The daily uh, betting card for the ice guys show is posted there. Uh, totals charts, goalie charts, power ratings, and more. Uh, check that out. We've got more coming in the new year as well. Just $10 a month. So not much at all to sign up for that. Patreon.com slash ice guys. Uh, make sure you check that out. Also check out the Ice Guys store. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Five days remaining. You get 15% off everything in the store and free standard shipping. So it's a great time to get your holiday shopping out of the way. We got t-shirts. We've got caps. We got mugs. We got bandanas for your dog. We got everything. So check it out uh, at the Ice Guys store. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Uh, yeah, definitely check that out. Now's the time. And don't wait. Like if you want to order something and you want it to arrive before the holidays, do it now. Don't take a chance and be a last minute uh, man when it comes to your Christmas shopping. Get that shit done and taken care of uh, right away. All right, best bets for this Wednesday card. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? I mean, you know, I got to go to Toronto and San Jose, right? Aaron Dell sighting. And uh, that we're going first period over one and a half minus a dollar forty. It's a little bit steep, but if Dell's playing the way we've expected him, we've seen him to play over the last couple of years, this should just be fine. So we'll go Sharks, Maple Leafs over one and a half. Laying a dollar forty is the best bet tonight. There you go, San Jose, Toronto over one and a half minus one forty first period uh, for best bet there. And while we think Dell is going to be the main component and catalyst for that cashing. As well as Samsonov's played, that first period is going to be his first period of hockey in a long time in an actual game. So is he going to be sharp right from the beginning? That's a question as well. So first period over, Sharks Leafs uh, for Alex for his uh, best bet. Uh, my best bet, I'm just going to keep it simple and go with uh, Edmonton in regulation, uh, minus 124. I like the first period puck line too, but I'm going to go with Edmonton in regulation, uh, minus 124 against Chicago. Chicago just reeling right now. Uh, Edmonton wanting to play a better full 60-minute performance compared to what we've seen even in the last two wins where they had some ups and downs. You didn't get a crisp, clean game from start to finish. Uh, Connor McDavid says he wants to see his team play more that way, better starts, uh, a complete game. We'll see if they delay. If they play a complete game tonight, they'll beat Chicago. It's that simple. Edmonton in regulation for me for my best bet here on this Wednesday NHL card. That'll wrap up this edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another loaded Thursday slate right here on the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 